This podcast is from Christian Chapel in Tulsa, Oklahoma. For more information, visit us online at christianchapel.com. Today, we're continuing a series of messages that we've called Community, Made for It, Work for It. And so we spent the first three or four weeks exploring what the scriptures teach us about how we are created to live in community with each other. From the the very beginning, when God says, let us make man in our image, it's a statement that is in the same way God eternally exists as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, so we too are meant to exist in a relationship with God and in a relationship with each other. Over the last couple weeks and and for the next two weeks, we are transitioning into what it looks like to work for the community that God has created us for. Today I want to see what John chapter 17 teaches us about two types of community that we all experience. And so, so kind of what we'll see is these two types of community provide kind of a, a two overarching categories into which every experience of community we have in life probably fits into. Okay, so, so think with me for a moment. In your life, uh, you have numerous experiences of community, places where you have relationships that are built over common interests, common goals, uh, common stage of life, whatever it might be. I, I sat down earlier this week and, and kind of looked through mine and, and figured out I have between 15 and 20 distinct communities that I'm a part of in, in this season of my life. Now, that is, that is not because I'm terribly extroverted. Uh, in fact, I, I think my new favorite activity is a canceled activity. Uh, like, you, you know, when, when someone says, I'm sorry we can't make it or that event's not happening anymore, there was a time in my life where I thought, oh, no, I have to stay home. And now it's, oh, yes, I get to stay home. Like, you, you know, anybody else made that transition in life where, yeah, yeah, welcome to the no fun season of life, I guess, is, is where we all are. But, but there's definitely that move. But when I looked at mine, so it's, it's not necessarily that I'm just out there looking to make new friends all the time, right? I'm not talking to people in public. Uh, You know, I'm not doing these things. I'm just going about my life. But I've lived in Tulsa 17 years. I have three kids. I have some different responsibilities. I have some different interests. And so I have all of these different ones. And and just for a moment, think with me. I'll kind of tell you a few of mine. I I bet you have several similar ones. And then some of you probably have a lot more as well. So I've got, I've got my family community. You know, I've got my immediate family, my wife and my three kids. I've got my, my more extended family, my siblings, my in-laws, my, all the cousins, some of them that I know, some of them that I don't know. Right? You've got all of those. I've got a community at Christian Chapel. And at Christian Chapel, then I have smaller communities. I have the staff that I work with. I have the board that I serve with. Angie and I have some close friends that we've developed over this 17 years that we've been here. There are smaller groups that we participate in at different times. We have uh, the community of where we live. So we, we, we work in Tulsa, we live in Broken Arrow, and then we have the communities of our kids' schools. And so we've got a middle schooler, we've got a freshman, we've got a high schooler. So those are three different schools where we've got some sense of community, and they all play basketball. So we've got a junior high girls basketball community, we've got a, a JV community, and we've got a varsity community. And, and, and you know, the, the middle one would tell you it's just going to be a varsity community soon, but we'll see. Uh, you know, and, and so we, we've got kind of all of these different things. And then they've got their summer teams that they play on. And so in each one of those, there's a different group of friends. There's people that we travel with, people that we eat with, people that we hang out with. There are, there are all kinds of communities. 
Right? And, and then there's the communities I'm a part of that I don't necessarily need to be a part of. I just enjoy it. So from 12 to 3 today, I will be part of Chief's Kingdom, right? which if you don't know what that is, uh, you are welcome to join us in cheering for the greatest quarterback in NFL history. I'm taking on the Colts today. They'll be on CBS. We've got a meeting afterwards, and it's going to go quick, uh, you know, because... I've chosen to be part of that. There are other, all of those things. And, and as you look at your life, you've got so many communities you're a part of. Right, if you're a college student alone, you probably have 10 or 15 different communities just based off of your campus experience. Now, now for all of us, the challenge of that is when we hear you're made for community and we start to look at our life and we think, yeah, I've got relationships here, I've got relationships here, I've got relationships there, the temptation is to think, I have all the community I need, and I don't want any more. And so, so today, what I want to encourage you with is not necessarily that you need more friendships, that you need more relationships, but that you need the right experience of community. And in John chapter 17, Jesus is praying for his disciples, which means through them, he is also praying for us. And the experience he prays for them is that they will have two distinct experiences of community. So if you have a Bible, let's look at John chapter 17. If not, it will be here on the screen for you. But John chapter 17, beginning in verse 15. And again, this is Jesus praying for his disciples. He says, my prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. Now, Jesus' prayer reveals two types of community that we all experience. We're going to spend some time talking about each one of them. The first is a formational community. And a formational community is a community that is based with the sole intention of forming us in the image of Christ. So in a formational community... The community is created by a mutual connection to Jesus Christ, and then the community is created by a mutual connection to other believers. Now, out of that mutual connection, we place ourselves in a community that is under the authority of the scriptures and that is empowered by the presence of the Holy Spirit. And so a, a formational community will always include a connection with God and a connection with other believers. This is what we mean when we talk about a formational community. Now, what that points us towards, and, and if, if you go back and read that, that passage again in John 17, is Jesus is trying to introduce us to this idea of you're going to have two experiences of community. One, where you are taken out of the world and you're planted in a formational community, and one where you are sent back into the world in some type of missionary community. And we'll, we'll get to that in just a moment, but let's start with this idea of a formational community. So the, the first thing that Jesus is praying for us is he's saying, Lord, I, I pray that they will know they are not of the world even as I am not of the world. And so Jesus is making clear to us that when we take our place as citizens of his kingdom, as his sons and daughters, in whatever language we want to use to describe that, we are saved, we're sanctified, we're brought in, that that always involves a stepping out of our old way of life, of our old way of seeing things. So when you become a Christian, 
It's not just that you join a church. It's not that you agree with a certain set of beliefs. When you become a Christian, you become a place where the Spirit of Jesus Christ dwells. And because His Spirit dwells in you, and He is not of the world, you are now no longer of the world either. You are meant to be different. You are meant to live with a continual connection to God. You are the temple where the Holy Spirit resides. And so what that means is you're never going to perfectly fit in in any other community ever again. You're always going to be a little strange. Right? And, and for some of us, that's good news because we've always been a little strange. And now at least we can say it's because we're a Christian. But, but Jesus is telling us they're not of the world even as I'm not of the world. But then also notice, it's not just that you are called out of your old way of life and into a relationship with God, but you are called out of your old way of life into a relationship with God and into a connection with other believers. So Jesus' entire prayer is for theys and thems, right? Everything is plural. Jesus isn't praying for his two favorite disciples, He's not praying for Matthew or Mark over all of the rest of them. He is praying for all of them, and in the same way, he's praying for all of us. And if you read further in that prayer, he begins to pray that they, you and I, will be united even as he is united with the Father. And so his prayer is, Lord, may they be connected to me through you, or may they be connected to you through me, and may they be connected to each other through me. So formational community, if this is going to be a part of our life, it means we have to plan ourselves in a community where we are centered on our relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what unites us more than anything else. And we have to plant ourselves in a community where we build real, meaningful relationships with other people who will encourage us to continue going deeper as followers of Jesus. A formational community is a community designed to form men and women, teenagers and children, into the image of the God they were created to serve and to walk with. And that image always includes a relationship with other believers. Now, when it works well, this connection between Jesus and community creates kind of this, this never-ending circle of reinforcement, where when I walk with Jesus— he saves me, he restores me, he speaks to me about my identity, and then he plants me in a community. And he plants me in a community with other people who are going to tell me that Jesus has saved me, has restored me, has given me a new identity, and now he's sending me back out into the world. And he's created me to worship, and he's created me to know him, and he's created me to serve others. And that community is going to reinforce my connection to Jesus. And as they point me back to Jesus, and I begin to spend time with him, and I'm reading the scriptures, and I'm worshiping, and I'm engaging in the church, and I'm serving others, it's going to reinforce my connection to Jesus. And on and on and on it goes. And you, if you take out one element of it, it affects the other. And so for some of us today, if you're feeling disconnected from Jesus, it's possible that it's because you're disconnected from a formational community. You're not engaged in relationships where others are urging you, where they're calling you, where they're challenging you, where they're, they're, they're pushing you towards Jesus. And so if you, you look at your life this morning and you recognize there, aren't really, there isn't really anyone in my life that can come up to me and just speak very truthfully about the state of my life. 
There's no one in my life who's asking me, what is the Lord saying to you right now? There's no one in my life who's saying, when was the last time you were in the scriptures? There's no one who's asking me, hey, when you worship, what does God speak to you? If you don't have any of those relationships, it's not because you're a super holy, superior Christian. It's because you're in a very dangerous spiritual place. And so a lack, if you're feeling disconnected from Jesus, it's often because you're feeling disconnected from community. Now, on the other side of that, if you are feeling a strong connection to Jesus, then it should be propelling you into a strong experience of community. Jesus never calls us out to be isolated and alone. He always calls us to be part of the body. And so we, we are never too holy. We are never too far above the church. We are never too good for other believers. There, there is never a situation where Jesus says, you know what? In the entire history of the church, I've required everyone to be part of a community of faith, but I believe you are the exception. You don't need this. You will be fine without it. That doesn't happen. We're intended to live in a formational community that helps us be formed in the image of Christ, which what what Jesus is really teaching us is that formational community is required for Christians. There's, There's not a person in the room that doesn't need to live in a formational community. I need people who know me well enough to speak truthfully to me about the state of my life. And you need the same thing. And we don't just need people who are looking to boss us around and tell us what to do, but we need people who are engaged in the scriptures, who walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, who live in relationship with us, and are able to speak to us about the things that are happening in our life. Now, we have all kinds of excuses of why we're not part of Christian community of why a formational community might not be for us. And, and it could be, well, you don't understand, I, I'm too shy. Uh, you don't understand, I, I tried that before and it didn't work. Um, I, it just seems like everyone here knows everyone really well and I'm kind of on the outside. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in college, but I don't go to ORU, so I don't think I can really connect with anyone else that's in college right now. Whatever the reason is, we've got all these excuses of why we can't be part of a formational community. I'm too successful, I'm too busy, whatever the reason may be. But what I want to help us understand this morning is Jesus knows exactly who you are. He knows exactly where you are. He knows the community in which he has planted you. And his expectation is that you will live in a formational community with other believers right where you are. Now, it is going to take some effort, right? And I told you today we're we're talking about what it means to work for, to work towards the community that Jesus has made possible for us. So if this is his design, then, then let's consider real quickly three ways that we can work for or we can work towards a formational community. The first way is you have to be present. If you want to live in community, you have to live with other people. You have to see them and you have to talk to them. You have to sit beside them and you have to eat with them. You have to be physically present with others. Now, now I know we, we live in a different world, right? Jesus, uh, when he's praying for the disciples, there is no context of online relationships. 
And so I I get that. We can build friendships with people we've never met and places we'll never go. We can have deep and meaningful conversations with them. I, I understand all of that. And yet, scripturally, there is an idea of we're created not just to talk from a distance, but we're created to sit face to face and side by side to work together, serve together, pray together, eat together, celebrate together, mourn together. And that all occurs in each other's presence. And, and, and this is not like some kind of uh, uh, just, just underhanded way for a pastor to try to get more people to come to church. It's not it. In fact, we need, we need a few of you to go to a different service already. I've told you that. We're not, we're not trying to guilt you into anything. But in an age where, where it's never been easier to consume Christian content on our own in private, you can stay at home on Sunday morning and watch the Christian chapel worship service. You can get up tomorrow morning and listen to podcasts from thousands of preachers who do a much better job than I do. You can listen to all of your favorite worship bands whose songs we didn't play this morning. You can read Christian books. You can be engaged in online communities. You can do all of these things. But what we have to be careful of is not mistaking that that, that we're intaking information and thinking that's actually community. Jesus calls us to be present in a community where we can look each other in the eye and you know me and I know you. And at Christian Chapel, at the size of church we are, not everyone is going to know everyone, but everyone should know someone. Everyone should have at least a small circle of people that they know are there and are ready for them. But that only happens if you show up. And so my encouragement to you, if you want to live in a formational community, is just keep showing up up. Show up to worship. Show up in a small group. Show up to serve. Show up to lunch with other people. Just keep showing up. One of the the, the saddest emails that I get as a pastor is the one that says, hey, we're we're leaving because we don't feel connected. And occasionally we get to explore that. And, And sometimes there's some real reasons and there are other churches that are better fits and we're able to bless people as they plant themselves in other communities in Tulsa. Often what it is, though, is, is there's just never really been a consistent enough effort to show up to even build the relationship. And you know this is true in, in every other part of your life. Every meaningful friendship, relationship that you have had almost always was rooted in the fact that you just spent a lot of time together. It's why your classmates were your best friends. It's why your teammates were your best friends. It's why your coworkers are the ones you talk to the most. It's why your roommate is your lifelong friend because there was just such an intense amount of time together. And if we want to be part of a formational community, then we have to make the decision we're going to be present. We're going to show up, which means we have to prioritize it. The next thing is you don't have to just be present. You have to be engaged. Because you can show up on a Sunday morning and sit in a row and kind of recognize some faces and go home and feel like you checked your formational community box. But what Jesus is praying for when he prays later in John 17 that we will be united even as he is one with the Father, what he's praying is that we will know each other deeply and fully. So to be engaged means I'm not just here to check a box for an hour on a Sunday, but I'm here as a launching point to worship, to serve, to center my life around Jesus with others who do the same and then build relationships beyond that. So we want to be engaged mentally, relationally. We want to be engaged with our time, with everything we have. We want to be fully present in that moment. And then the the last way we can work for it is we can be welcoming. So if you really, really want formational community in your life, 
And especially if you're in a spot right now where you're not experiencing it to the degree that you desire or the degree that the scriptures say you should, then my encouragement to you is instead of sitting back and waiting for someone else to do it for you, begin to be part of God's answer in your life. If you know you lack community, begin to engage in relationships. If you're thinking, I wish someone just once on a Sunday would come to me and say, the Lord put you on my heart. I want to share something. If you're thinking that never happens to me, instead of sitting back saying, I'll know I belong when that happens, start coming every Sunday and saying, Lord, who do you want me to speak to? How do you want your spirit to be an encouragement through me to someone else? Instead of sitting around thinking, I wish I'd get a lunch invitation. I wish somebody would invite me to a home group. Take that initiative and say, hey, I'm going to open my heart. I'm going to open my home and I'm going to be part of creating the community that I want to be a part of. I I mean, we've all been told this since we were children. Your elementary school teachers told you, if you want to be a friend, if you want to have friends, be a friend. And And the same principle still applies to Christian community. If you want to be welcomed in Christian community, welcome others into Christian community with you. If you want to be transformed by the relationships you have with others, ask God to help you be part of bringing his transformation through your relationship with them. And what you will find is that the same thing Angie and I have found throughout our marriage and our time together is when we focus on opening our heart, opening our home, and opening our schedule to build relationships with other believers— suddenly we start to reap the benefits of that and experiencing the things that we were waiting for other people to do for us. It just takes that little bit of ownership. It takes that consistent step of faith to say, hey, Jesus has done this for me. He's calling me to it. So I'm just going to keep working. I'm going to keep welcoming. I'm going to keep striving until I experience it. Now, when you have that formational community, it really does change your life. If we had time today, we could go around the room, and I know there are so many of you who could tell stories of how God has changed your life through the presence of other believers. They've encouraged you. They've supported you. They've walked with you through your darkest hours. They've celebrated your biggest wins. They've held you accountable when it was necessary. They, they might have spoken words of challenge, conviction, or correction as needed, but you know your life is better because of them. And when formational community works well, we're being formed in the image of Christ, but we're also being reminded that this formational community is not our only experience of community. The second type of community Jesus talks to us about or prays for us to experience is missionary community. You hear it in his prayer in verse 15. He says, My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. As you sent me into the world, he says in verse 18, I have sent them into the world. So again, Jesus is, is pointing us towards this idea of we have, we have dual citizenship when we're in his kingdom. We are citizens of heaven, but we are also citizens of earth. We are over here. We belong to him. We're his sons, his daughters. We're different from everything and everyone. And yet, we still live in neighborhoods. We still work jobs. We still go to school. We still interact with people in our community. Jesus' intention when he saved you and when he saved me was not to pull us out of the world, to wrap us up in bubble wrap, and to place us off in some museum inside a fortress where we would never be polluted by the world ever again. But instead, what does he pray? He says, Lord, I pray not that you would take them out of the world, but that you would protect them from the evil one. Lord, I'm sending them back in, even as you have sent me. 
You see, even as Jesus calls you out of the world, he calls you out with a love for the world and with an intention of saving you, sanctifying you, giving you a new identity, giving you a new perspective, giving you the power of his Holy Spirit, and then turning you right back around and sending you into the world. And so, so what we have to evaluate then is some of us, we might be really strong in a formational community. Of I've got a lot of people who are encouraging me. I've got a lot of people who are pushing me. A lot of people who want to talk about Jesus, who want to worship, who want to serve. And yet, maybe you're lacking when it comes to missionary communities. And so, so this morning, my encouragement to you is, is look at your life and start to think about the friendships and relationships you have with people who are not followers of Jesus. And if you're struggling to come up with more than one or two, it might be a clue that you have so heavily focused on a formational community that you're neglecting the missionary community God has called you to. And in a city like Tulsa, I think this is an especially challenging thing for us because it can be very easy for us to find ourselves living in a Christian bubble. So, so just kind of imagine this life with me. Imagine you are, you're, you're saved as a, a teenager, an adult, and you live in Tulsa, and, and you, you begin to plug yourself into a local church, and, and maybe you go to a Christian college upon graduation from high school, and you marry another Christian young man or Christian woman, and, and you go to work for a Christian company, or maybe you go to, for work at a, a church like Tulsa, and then you have kids, and you want to save them from the, the pollution of the world out there, and so you make your decisions to homeschool or to private school, and, and then you pray that they'll go to a Christian college, and you hope after they go to the Christian college, they'll marry a Christian spouse, and then they'll work in a Christian company, or they'll work at a church, and in a perfect world, they can exist the entire time on earth without ever having to interact with somebody who doesn't know Jesus or challenges their beliefs. Now, that is, that's not a shot at anybody who's homeschooling, anybody who's private schooling. It's not a shot at Christian colleges. I, I mean, I, I grew up in, in public school, the son of a pastor. And then I went to Christian college when I got out of school, and I, I loved it because for the first time in my life, I had at least two friends who had the same beliefs that I had. And then after college, I went to seminary, and, and at seminary, it was, it was like the creme de la creme of the, the Christian undergrad. Like, now it was the really serious people. I mean, we were, like, the, the undergrad was pretty holy, but some of them were still working regular jobs. We were all just going to be pastors. And so, so now we're really serious about it. We're really locked in, and we're really engaging with others. And then my entire professional career has been as a staff pastor at Christian Chapel. And so when I talk to you about you've got to pop the bubble, I'm not telling you something I don't struggle with myself. It can be very easy for me to live in a Christian bubble and only hang out with Christian people. And I have to be intentional and you have to be intentional because that is not how God has called us to live. And so there's nothing wrong with homeschooling. There's nothing wrong with Christian schooling. There's, we love Christian universities and seminaries. But we want to make sure we're not chasing after those avenues to stay away from the very people God has called us to build relationships with. It's all a question of motive. If you are engaging in, in an increasingly smaller circle of Christian activities in order to build up really tall walls that no one else can scale, who doesn't 100% agree with you on every single aspect of life and practice, then you're forming such a strong formational community without a missional aspect that, that eventually you're going to become deformed. And you're going to create a community that, that no one actually wants to be a part of. Now, again, I, I understand where that comes from. 
And it comes, and, and especially once you have kids, you, if you haven't yet, you will experience at some point as a follower of Jesus with kids in a world that is opposed to him, there is a natural desire to protect them and keep them away from all of it. And yet, yet one of the things that, that God has spoken to me about repeatedly since Angie and I have become parents is if he's not afraid to send my kids into the world, why should I be afraid? And this is what Jesus prays. He says, Father, my prayer is not that you remove them from the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. Jesus believes that the power of his Holy Spirit in you and in your kids is enough to protect us and to protect them in the world. That we don't have to run and hide. And so he's telling us, don't fear the world. You don't have to be afraid. Jesus did not fear the world. Jesus loved the world to the point that he died for it. And when we talk about the world, this is not some abstract out there. The world Jesus died for is you and it's me. Without him, that's who we are. We were outside and he sent someone to bring us in. And now that we have brought in, it's our job to re-engage. This is why at Christian Chapel, we try to not load down the church calendar with so many activities that you're not able to be present in the communities where God has placed you. It's why our home groups only meet twice a month, because we want you to have enough of a formational community that you can connect and build relationships out of that. But we also don't want you spending every moment of every day involved in some local church ministry at the expense of the ministry God is calling you to in your neighborhood, your job, or your school. And so we have to live in this tension between the two communities of I must find my place in a formational community and I must be actively engaged in missionary communities. Right? And so kind of as you, as you think about it, let's think about what happens if you go too far in either direction. So if you participate in a, a formational community only with no missionary outlet, then what you find yourself in is eventually this, this very increasingly smaller and smaller and smaller circle of Christians. Because you'll, you'll soon grow dissatisfied that no one else is holy enough like you. Right? They wear the wrong clothes, they listen to the wrong music, they vote for the wrong people, they watch the wrong movies, they, whatever it is. And, and so you just kind of, it begins to shrink, it begins to shrink, it begins to shrink. And then, then your formational community, instead of becoming a community that encourages each other to become like Christ, you start to encourage each other to compete to see who's the most Christian. Well, I read my Bible more than they do, and I have more scriptures memorized than they do, and I go to church more often than they do, and I can do a four-hour worship set, and they can only do a one-hour worship set, and I can sing spontaneously, and they have to have words on a screen, and, and just all of these other ridiculous ways that Christians compete with each other to decide who loves Jesus the most. And your formational community becomes a deformed community that turns in on itself and begins to devour itself. And you become a, a very small, isolated, honestly pretty weird group of people that nobody wants to be with and that nobody wants to be around. And you comfort yourselves by saying, if only the whole world were like us. But they're not, so we're just here on our own. See, we're never intended just to hang out with other Christians all the time in everything we do. We're supposed to be salt and light in the world. We're a city 
on a hill. We're a light that can't be extinguished. And so we want strong formational communities. We want our closest and most important relationships to be with other brothers and sisters in Christ. We want to instill those beliefs in our children and do everything we can to give them an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. But at the same time, we have to do all of it with eyes that look to the world, longing for others to find the same joy that we have found. Now, on the other side of that, if you engage in a missionary community, without a strong formational community, you're also in a dangerous place. Because when you step out from under the authority of scriptures, when you step out from under a deep and strong connection with other believers who can speak truthfully to you, and you decide, I don't have time for that because I need to be so focused on reaching these people, on engaging in this culture, what you'll find then is the missionary community you are going to reach becomes the new formational community that's forming you. This is how you see churches and Christians who, who depart from the clear and obvious teachings of Scripture. And what, why have they done it? Because they've stepped out of a formational community that's centered on Jesus Christ, that's submitted to the authority of Scriptures and guided by the power of the Holy Spirit, and they've decided more than anything, I want to fit in here, and I want to be accepted here. And whatever that missionary or friends or school or politics, whatever it is, Eventually, it becomes the primary discipleship tool in their life. It begins what forms and shapes them. And then it trickles down to their children. And, and then it's not long at all before they're looking and saying, how did we get this far? The formational and missionary communities always work together. And they always have to be held in tension with one another. That's what Jesus intended. His prayer is that we would know we don't belong to the world but that we would be sent back into it. And so my encouragement to you today is, first of all, you belong in the formational community of Christ. You were created to be his son and his daughter. You were created to walk in relationship with God and to walk in deep relationships with other believers. And regardless of what your experience has been to this point, that is God's plan for you moving forward. And then secondly, as you experience that formational community, it's our job to constantly tell each other, now let's turn our attention outwards. Now let's turn our eyes outwards. Now let's invest our time. Let's invest our energy. Let's not be the church that just kind of gathers together and criticizes everything that's going on out there, but let's be part of God's answer, God's provision, God's presence, God's feet, his hands and his speech in the communities where he has placed us. Let's be part of taking light into darkness. Let's be part of of bringing life into death. This is our job, this is our privilege. And the darker spaces we go out into, the stronger our connection and formational community has to be. And God will lead us and he'll guide us and he'll protect us and he'll preserve us. And his spirit will be enough. Will you stand with me? I wanna pray for us. And the band's gonna come back and lead us in a final song today. Jesus, we come to you today and we, we thank you for the scriptures. We thank you that, Jesus, even in your prayer for us, you teach us that we're created for community with you and with each other. And so Lord, I, I pray for anyone who's in the room or online with us who has not begun their relationship with you. They've never taken that first step of confessing their sins and receiving you as their savior. I pray today, Lord, that they would do that, that they would move from darkness to light that as you forgive them, their souls would be restored and redeemed, that they would be remade in your image. And Lord, I pray that as you do that for us, you would also 
encourage us that we are created to be connected with one another in community. Help us, Lord, to prioritize our place in the community that you've planted us in. Help us to not just go to church, but Lord, help us to be the church, to live in the church, to be a community of believers that's submitted to the authority of the scriptures, that's centered on our experience of Christ, and that is held together by the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, that's what we long for, and that's what we want to experience. And Jesus, I pray that you would continue to make our hearts soft towards the world around us. Lord, that we would not look at those who do not believe in you as our enemies to be repelled or defeated, but we would see them as your lost sons and daughters waiting to be brought into your family. So Lord, help us to make those connections. Help us to see our divine responsibility for our neighbors, our classmates, our coworkers, our friends, and our family members. And Lord, may we see how we are being formed in your image to invite them into the same experience. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Christian Chapel. For more information, visit us online at christianchapel.com.